From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. Next Thursday is the deadline for cities and states to submit their proposals to Amazon for why the company should locate its second headquarters in their city. Local business leaders and government officials around the country are tripping over themselves trying to convince Amazon to locate its HQ2 and its nearly 50,000 jobs and the possibility of $5 billion in investments that could come if they win. I'm Mark Bowden, mayor of the city of Danbury. I'd like to personally invite Amazon to locate their second global headquarters here in our city. We really are well positioned to make the argument that you're going to have the best and brightest workforce in New York City. Amazon, you're growing your business and we want to grow with you. That's why we think Frisco, Texas is the perfect fit for HQ2. At a local group announced it was sending a 21-foot saguaro cactus to Amazon, hoping to convince the online giant to build a second headquarters right here in Tucson. Well, joining me to discuss the online giant and its ever-growing influence are Shira Ovide, a columnist at Bloomberg Gadfly, and Dennis Green with Business Insider. And Shira, why does Amazon even need a second headquarters? Well, basically, it's outgrowing its existing headquarters in Seattle. The company says it has more than 40,000 people there. And I've walked around Amazon's downtown campus in Seattle, and it's basically choked with both Amazon workers and construction workers who've been building more and more buildings to house a growing number of employees. So Dennis, how would you describe this contest and and why did Amazon make it a contest? I would describe it as a little bit absurd. There's a little bit of cynicism you can play into here where Amazon wants to put cities and towns across America against each other to see who will give them the best deal. Well, Shira, what are some of the tactics that the cities are using to say, I'm the best place to move to? Well, I think the the Tucson cactus might have been the best (laughs) one that they tried to ship a 21-foot-tall cactus to Amazon headquarters. What, Amazon can't ship that themselves? (laughs) Right. It's a good point. I don't know how what method they tried to uh, ship it. Amazon said they could not keep the cactus, in part because it's too rainy in Seattle to support cactuses. So, oddly, Amazon had to send it back to Arizona uh, to a desert museum there. There was also a town in Georgia that said it would let the company create its own city of Amazon on the proposed site of the second headquarters. So, you know, that gives you a taste of what kind of ridiculous things cities are doing to try to win Amazon's business. But what are the serious things that they are doing? Well, I mean, I think the serious things that we probably don't read about are offering Amazon a series of tax breaks and other kind of financial goodies. You know, this is a company that is obviously pretty rich and doesn't necessarily need tax breaks or other incentives, but you can believe that those cities are going to dangle those in Amazon's face. Dennis, do you have the sense that maybe cities are getting played a little bit by Amazon? I mean, have they already made their choice, perhaps, and they're just waiting to see what offers they get? There's a sense that Amazon might already have a short list of cities and towns that they're looking at and just seeing who will give them the best deal when opening it up to the public sphere and the public eye. So despite the fact that online sales are still such a small part of retail sales, about 7%, 10%, it has still totally upended the business of brick-and-mortar retailers. Why? Sure, yeah. Amazon has a lot of power, and I think they're flexing a little bit of that now. You were seeing a kind of an Amazon effect online where they're pulling almost every other retailer that they compete with, saying Amazon is saying, you know, you have to compete with us. And the only way that these retailers can compete with them is by moving some of their business online. Otherwise, they will move into their specific category, be it toys or baby products or furniture and kind of eat away at their market share overall. Shira, how else is Amazon trying to permeate our lives? 
Look, at the same time that Amazon's pressuring every traditional retailer to sell more online, Amazon is also trying to sell more in physical stores, right? So we saw this year that Amazon made this very surprising purchase of the Whole Foods grocery chain. Groceries are, depending on who you ask, something like 800 to a trillion dollars in spending every year just in the United States. And Amazon gets a tiny fraction of that spending. So what it's trying to do is get a bigger share of the money that we spend on groceries and other kinds of things we buy in supermarkets. And look, if it can crack groceries, that's going to be you know, a huge revenue lift for Amazon to put it in a different category of company. Dennis, it makes me wonder, there was a time when we thought there was no competitor to Walmart, and now Amazon just is what everyone is talking about. Does Amazon have any competitors out there, or are they, they are the only game right now? They are kind of the only game online, though Walmart is challenging that in a big way, actually. It's important to put this in perspective. Walmart still has $500 billion in sales almost worldwide, and Amazon has just north of $100 billion worldwide. So Walmart is still kind of dwarfing Amazon in total sales, but it's just online where you see kind of how it breaks down. So Walmart has a bunch of new initiatives to kind of target this online audience that they copied with two-day shipping. It's a no membership fee. You can return things um, that you bought online into stores. So they're kind of leveraging their massive 10,000 plus store network across America to kind of better compete with Amazon online. They're and fighting they, back. They're fighting back and becoming an omni-channel retailer. It's kind of a buzzword that just means, you know, they're coming at you in every direction. Shira, in the Trump era, what does Amazon want from Washington, D.C., especially when you consider that the CEO, Jeff Bezos, owns the Washington Post? Yeah, it's, it's a fair question. I actually looked at Amazon's lobbying disclosures, and it spent a record amount of money for the company last year on lobbying. The issues that it cares about are things, frankly, that a lot of companies care about, which is tax policy. They want lower taxes. They also want less regulation in areas like transportation. Remember that Amazon is trying projects to deliver packages by drones, and there are FAA rules that prohibit commercial use of drones. And so Amazon's done some things to um, try to change those regulations. But again, a lot of things that other companies care about as well. So Dennis, if you had to make a guess, uh, who you're putting your money on for who wins HQ2? I would say it would probably be somewhere in the South. I'm thinking North Carolina. I'm thinking Atlanta. I'm thinking possibly even Texas. Shira? I would put my money on Chicago. Well, if one of you is right, I will send you an Amazon gift card. Deal. <laughs> Shira Oviday is a columnist at Bloomberg Gadfly, where she writes about technology. And Dennis Green is a retail and e-commerce reporter at Business Insider. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Thank you. 30 years ago this month, the Dow Jones saw the biggest one-day percentage drop in history. Next week, WNYC will look at what happened and what the crash tells us about today's markets. And we want to hear from you. What is the best or the worst decision that you ever made with your investments? And how did you make that choice? Send an email to moneytalking at wnyc.org and tell us your story. I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC. WNYC. 